Probably science. Uh, I'm Brooks Whelan, and with me as always, Andy Wood. Hello. And Matt Kirshen. Hey, hey. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good, Matt. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, and actually, our special guest today from Who Charted, Howard Kramer. Hello, guys. Howard Kramer, comedian, vegetarian activist. Yes, thank you. Yeah, how long have you yeah. been a vegetarian now? Uh, not- just, just since April, so just uh, oh, almost a year. Going on a year. That's big. Yeah. Did you think it would last? Uh, yeah. I'm pretty, like, solid with it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm, when you start in April, you're like, forever? It wasn't just like, I'm going to try this? It felt right. Yeah, I tried once before, and I couldn't keep it going. And then this time, it just felt like I'll be able to do it. What uh, what meat was your downfall? Uh, oh, meaning what? Oh, well, like, back in the day? The first yeah, well, yeah, what did you fall off the wagon with? Uh, well, it happened so long ago. It was, like, 20 years ago. I don't think there was any one thing. I just think I got dizzy and anemic and just fell back into meat without even realizing okay. it. What's your favorite vegetarian restaurant in L.A.? <sighs> Real Food Daily, I'll say that. I know it's not it. everybody's favorite. No, but it's good. I knew it's it good, right? It's very good. And I saw Rick Rubin there once. So oh, I I'm in. That. I'm going to start going. Yeah, yeah. Is he wearing shoes? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look under the table. I heard that guy doesn't wear shoes a lot. Really? Yeah, he's comfortable. Maybe, maybe, I'm him, maybe I'm getting him confused with Peter Jackson. And that just confused with Hobbits. I feel like right. There you go. You jumped all the way from Rick Rubin to Barefoot. Yeah, and none of it has any bearing. Whatsoever. I think I'm completely wrong. I do know Rick Rubin has tons of like Knights of Armor in his castle. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, he suits, just has full size suits, full of, armor suits of armor. He's just the wow. he's just the shit. He just hangs out and bees awesome. I feel like I always confuse him with the CEO of American Apparel. I, oh, Dove. Uh, they're just equally creepy, yeah. but they don't even look alike, I don't think, do they? And one of them's awesome. Yeah. I got the a good Dove story if you got time. Yeah. Oh, I want to hear a story. Well, you already know where it's going, but basically <laughs> I was I was at the Standard Hotel one time. This girl I knew wanted to go there on a Sunday and lay out by the pool and get Bloody Marys. This crazy guy ran up to me and he, and he just started talking and he just seemed like he was totally on cocaine. And uh, he said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a writer. I didn't want to say comedian because I didn't I want... always go writer over oh, comedian. Yeah, yeah. I always, yeah. Oh, you go to which? I always go to writer. Yeah, writer. Unless better. it's a real douche, in which case I'll go jazzercise instructor. Oh, that's fantastic. And you're the yeah. douche. You yeah. say jazzercise instructor. No, I'm awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the jazzercise instructor. That's a good you have to, what if they want you to prove that? No one does. Oh, good. No one does, because the only person who knows anything about jazzercise instruction is a jazzercise instructor. Like, ah. they could, they, they've got nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even start the conversation. No, what do you ask? That. What do you yeah, ask? Yeah. Like, what's the next question? Just so. so uh, like, which do you like better, jazz or exercise? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Howard. He's on coke. He's doing being all crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, let me wrap this up. So basically, <laughs> uh, when I lie or not lie, but when I say I'm a writer, he goes, "I'll be right back," and he comes back with like the original. This it was just basically the original first ever ad copy of American Apparel. And it was all redundant and screwed up. And he goes, I'm going to be making these T-shirts. I'm going to make them right here in America and all this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And uh, he goes, take a look at this. And I looked at it. And he gave me a pen. And I fixed it. I fixed it, did it and edited it. And then um, he goes, cool. When I get the company going, I'll send you some stuff. And for like the first two years, he would just send me catalogs. And what? I would circle whatever oh, I want. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> you got awesome American Peril stuff for two years? Yeah. I was just say, oh, a T-shirt. Oh, this guy's, yeah, he's got his hoodies and his T-shirts. Here he is. Do you put American Apparel co-founder on your resume? Uh, that counts, no, I think. I talk about it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. You were there at the early days. Yeah. But never quite made the millions. No, didn't get into you're like, that. You're like, uh, 
Did yeah. he already have the idea then to have like the Polaroids of, of Stone? Uh, yeah, he pro- it seemed like he was into that even that day. That he just, didn't have it in his back pocket to show you though? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't get sexually, uh, no lawsuits. or I didn't make the money, but I didn't get any no. lawsuits. So that's you good. got free shit for just hanging out those, at a pool. Those yeah. are quality t-shirts. Those are the best t-shirts made. That that's is the dream. Yeah. All right. Are you, are you, do you really mean that? Or are you trying to hustle for some free shit as well? No, yeah. I, American Apparel <laughs> t-shirts. I'm wearing one right now. They fit. They're the best fitting t-shirts made. Yeah. And today's the, podcast. The they right. were they were a revelation in t-shirts. It was hard to find that one? ones that fit. Yeah. Two out of four of us are wearing. That might be one too. I don't know. Second I don't know. I, I, I bet it is. Let's find out. It's I'm American Apparel. Yeah. Seventy-five percent of this podcast is wearing soft. American Apparel right now. Yeah. yeah. It, it does fit yeah. well. It does. Yeah. Yeah, my shirt's I, too nice for that. So, how it was? Oh, yeah. um, do you have any any kind of science background? What was your oh, what are your uh, scientific leanings? The last uh, scientific study I did was probably in public school dissection. What was? Did you get to, guys get to dissect pigs or frogs or worms? Frogs and worms. Okay, we got to do the fetus pigs once. I think we did. That's too pigs. big. Too yeah. big an animal. Right. It's a little too human for but, um, Yeah, not really. Not sci- I mean, you know, I guess to program music, you got to know a little bit of science. You yeah, mean Dragon sure. Boy Suede has to oh, know. Oh, yeah. yeah. to introduce. That's a different kind of science. Dragon Boy Suede also. It's okay. An alter ego of Howard. Yeah. Is that all self-taught, though, as far as the recording techniques? Yes. If uh, I would be way further along if there was any type of instruction whatsoever. <laughs> speaking, the, speaking of that, you're looking at our at our rinky dink setup here, and your opinion is what of our recording setup? I would say this is pretty nice. You got an eight channel board here. I've done live shows that had like a four channel board, so this is bigger than what you would need to blow out a huge place that I play. Nice. nice. Taylor, and, the creator, could stomp on it. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Skrillex dumped some Rockstar Energy drink on there. <laughs> did, did, your, did it have this effect? Well, that's like the opposite of dubstep. I wanted to go low. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Science. Whoa, that's fucking cool. I'm into that. All right, put it back to normal. Right. Just, yeah, that mixing desk was worth the money just for how happy it makes Andy. I know. <laughs> I think it was like 20 extra dollars to get the effects. I've gotten that much enjoyment out of it. All That's right. Okay. Howard, chemistry or physics guy in high school, if you had to pick one? Chemistry. Chemistry? Get to yeah. make mix and match. Well, it's like baking. Right. I like it. I like uh, the chart. I like the chart of the elements. Periodic table? Yeah. Comes full circle now with the career, right? Boom. He enjoys charts. Oh, that's <laughs> true. That is true. I, I just had up what year the periodic table was invented. I got it right here, guys. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. I think I know who it was invented by, but I always confuse him with a Nazi scientist. It's a, it's a Russian dude. It was invented. Mendel, Mendel, Mendelev. Right. Not Mengel. No, Mengel, here we go. Joseph Mengele. Very different people. The way you say Mengele kind of sounds nice like Mengele Bay Resort yeah. and Casino. <laughs> That's filled with Or just penguins. something you might do to vegetables. Yeah, I'm just going to mangle the vegetables and uh, yeah, it's like a setting on the blender. Well, yeah. he, here's mangale. our here's our first fact of the day: the periodic table invented in 1869 by Dmitry Mendeleev. Mendeleev. Mm-hmm. real Russian asshole. <laughs> I bet he was. All right. He, let's, was. he has to be. No, you met, met a nice Russian guy? Uh-uh. Especially one that's working on charts inside his house all day. Yeah. This guy's not a social butterfly, exactly. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather that one than the one who's sort of pulling up outside a nightclub in a flashy that's car. True. When well, he made true. it, he's like, this chart will torment high schoolers forever. Do you, do you think when, when he introduced, <laughs> in when he introduced this, this table to the Western world, was he full of... Uh, 
Smirnoffian one-liners. In my country, hydrogen is two elements. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. I really hope that's how he pitched it. And I can yeah, I can't do that one. Um, <laughs> are, uh, you're, you're a European. Are, yeah, I'm a European. Are Americans' European accents a lot worse than, say, just a Brit doing them? No, I don't think the European ones. I finally worked out what it is that goes wrong with Americans when they try and do British accents. Okay. So, and it was a friend of mine who's generally quite good at accents, but she does it the same thing. I finally pinpointed what it is, is they, they jump between working class and posh. Ah, so they'll do sense. they'll do a London accent, but they'll do sort of working class like posh infle- posh um, tones, but with working class inflections. Right. They'll right. drop they'll drop letters that posh people wouldn't drop, but they'll okay. say it. In, so we're like, oh, I'm going down to the shop to buy some butter, and, it, and, it, <laughs> and it's weird. It, it would be like sort of jump. It'd be like switching between southern and yeah, like a Connecticut and Texas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, let's each do an impression of Matt real quick. I'm going to do my impression of Matt real quick. Okay. Um, yes, you Americans, you get it all wrong. You get our inflections all opposites. That's pretty good, I think. I don't know if I want to follow that. That's pretty tough notch there. <laughs> you see, the problem is Americans tried to do the accents, but they switched between the two different oh, areas. That's 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 no, that was better. I Howard, what do we got? Well, I've just been bit by your dog, Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> she took a chunk out of my delightful finger. God, I think delightful. I got the- That's... Um, that's- yeah, that's Brooks's tiny dog Pearl there, which we were just discussing. How I pointed out earlier, just before the taping, that that was that was once a wolf. Right. All domestic dogs started off life as wolves. Right. Crazy. Fifteen thousand years of human modification. That's why they look so freaky. Well, really, they first started off as stars because we're all stardust, as I learned from a Miley Cyrus tweet today. Oh, wow. right. Yeah. Yeah. She's right about that. Yeah. You follow Miley Cyrus? No, she made the news because she retweeted some guy saying, "We're all made of stars. Forget Jesus. We're stardust." And and she was, was because of the Big Bang, but answer. that is science. It's true, it's science. That yeah. is science. That was, that was Carl, Carl Sagan, wasn't not it? Not my Miley. She would never. <laughs> and he said different stars, too. Like the atoms in your left hand probably came from a different star than the atoms in your right hand. That's crazy Ooh. to think. Yeah. The, my right hand atoms are much more dexterous. They're, they're much more able. <laughs> yeah. Well, literally, but yeah. Um, I don't know. That I think was a better my, star. I think, yeah, I think my left hand came from a pretty feeble think star. Is there like a section of the solar system that is just left hand stars when those <laughs> <Yeah>. explode? <laughs> They're more artistic. <laughs> those are artistic. Yeah. I, when right we went, hands are from Mars, left hands are from Venus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I went skiing and I heard this like real rich lady talking to her like kids and one kid. Did she like, talk like that? She was talking like super <laughs> high up or whatever. And she's like, oh, you left handed. That's great. Most. Most uh, real artistic people are left-handed. And then just like this chubbier girl was like, I'm right-handed. And she was like, oh, right hands are special too. Like, it was fucking- Left, left-handed used to be considered evil. Well, right. it is. It's, good, it's bad. It's like the, the, word, devil's- the word sinister comes is Latin for less. Left. Oh, oh, yeah, I think I've heard yeah. that somewhere. All right, we got to you know get what? You know this. what, guys? It is 2012, and in, in one short month, we are going to reach the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Ooh. That's true. I love it. You know what that reminds me of? They didn't know. Did they think it would get that high when they sunk it that day? Did they like, one day we'll be 100. It'll be 100. Yeah. I, I can't wait not, for this 100th anniversary. Like because they were scrambling for the lifeboats. They were thinking, oh, the centenary of this is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like pageantry, fake, you know, lifeboats. This, the movie depicting plays. our tragedy will launch careers. Yeah. And speaking of those careers. Uh, does it, does okay. this by any chance remind you of some sort of topical science story that's on top? <laughs> China segue. All right. Listen, guys. Here's our first topic. We're going to do it now. Um, James Cameron 
is going to attempt to dive to the world's deepest point, the Marina Trench, in a one-man submersible. Sorry to stop you there, but isn't it the Mariana Trench? Two words there were off, I think. (laughs) What did I say, marinara? (laughs) Marinara sauce trench. (laughs) All right. Uh, so the, the Mariana Trench in a one-man submarine. But it says submersible in what I'm reading, so that's why I tripped over it. So yep. this is – like it's insane because only one other person has been down this steep before, and it was an explorer in 1960. Was it, and like this, a, it was like a Swiss explorer in 19, uh, 1960 called J- uh, Jacques Picard. Hasn't there been some military guy recently who's got somewhere nearby as well? Uh, well, I mean, he's probably gone down real deep, but probably not to this exact specific yep. point because it's seven miles down. There you go. The, hang on. Yeah, the U.S. Navy Lieutenant Don Walsh. And Swiss oceanographer Jacques Picard. So those two dudes went down there in 1960. Yeah. So Click. this is something that, like, you know, explorers and military people would yeah. normally be doing. But and wait, we, but wait. Cameron's producing partner John Landau said in an interview, Jim is an explorer, kind of defiantly. <laughs> God damn it, you guys. Listen. Let me let me do my own topic here, okay? <laughs> we each get to do two. You're stepping all over me. I say, Jim's an explorer. I say marinara, you take over. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me get back to it, guys. He's going down. <laughs> I'm just now it's just like I yelled and I'm like, okay, now let's act like I didn't shout at you. <laughs> Uh, Everyone else is cowering. The other yeah. I, can't tell that. <laughs> I have Pearl. She's ready to bite everybody on my command. Uh, okay, so he's, James Cameron's going to spend six hours at the bottom of a nearly seven mile deep Pacific Ocean trench. That's ludicrously deep. Uh, he's going to go. Miles. Oh my God. That's the pressure on that. The other two people that have done that in 1960 spent 20 minutes down there, and they were explorers, not just Hollywood movie makers. And military. Wait, trade. he's not using the same boat they did, is he? Is he no, trying to no, find no. their boat? Okay. He's not trying to find No, he's just wreckage. going down there. He's like he's going to film it for uh like a National Geographic special and stuff. And it's and uh Does that mean he's also got to get his like director of photography down there and Yeah, yeah. they don't yeah. like yeah. a sound yeah. guy. Yeah. The trip down, yeah. Here's, Here's the what, first AD's just outside the craft. Yeah. Craft what, service. Uh, yeah. Craft service. <laughs> uh, John Landau his like partner said this. Everything we do in life has risks. There's nobody that takes more time and preparation and safety than Jim does. Jim is the most prepared person I know. So he's like, everything we do in life has risks, like walking outside or going seven miles into the ocean. (laughs) Going to a bit of the planet that no man should experience. James Cameron has actually made 76 submarine dives. So and 33 that he used uh, when he was filming the movie Titanic, like he would go down and film around there and stuff. I think he just made Titanic to be like, oh, listen, Paramount, you got to foot my bill. I want to. Yeah, he just dives. wants he just wants someone to pay for him to make his underwater. See, what I'm w- w- wondering about is how pressurized a submersible has to be to go down that deep. Because I don't know how much of the the fact that you don't get crushed is the strength of the hull, and how much is the fact that they have to hyper pressurize the air. Because if they have to pressurize the air to match the water around well, it, yeah, you, that would be, be incredibly strong, it's unbearable. Gonna, because I'm I'm trying to remember how much pressure from my scuba diving lessons ten years ago, but I think. Well, you can't even go. A I regular the, scuba diver can't go deeper than about 50 feet. Yeah, I, like, sorry, what were you going to say? Sorry, I could do dive? what he's doing on a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need is someone to challenge yeah, this ch- dude. Yeah. The glove's been thrown down there, James yeah. Carroll. All right, yeah. Howard, I have, a qu- I have a question. I don't know this. I'm going to ask you. I can hold my breath crazy long. Uh, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> so submarine goes down by pushing air out. That makes it go down. Okay. How does it come back up? How does it come back up? I don't. I really don't know. What are your theories? Oh, I guess a uh, a, a cable. 
Okay. Hydraulic cable. That sounds I good. I don't sounds think right. it doesn't go down by letting air out. That's, That's how, how in my mind okay. it works. Oh, wait, he might be because you took scuba lessons. I did it once at an island for like just a yeah. weekend. But, but you, you blow out and then your body yeah, sinks. You, that's one of the things you have That's to do. how I But then imagine. also, once you go down a certain amount, then the, the air in your lungs also compresses and your density increases. So you become more dense and then you start to sink. You become negatively buoyant. Right, but, if you just, so you if you watch, just take you a lungful of air and then dive down deep and keep the air in your lungs, eventually the pressure around you will compress your body yeah. and compress your lungs to the point that even though the same number of moles of air is still in your yeah, lungs, the volume is a lot less. It's more dense. Wow. But I'd imagine, you're gonna, this you're thing, I'd imagine this thing has some form of propulsion. It's not just going to be taking in and reducing air. It's going to be... I'd imagine it'll be like yeah. propellers that are pushing it down. And back right. up it says it makes the seven-mile trip down in 90 minutes, which is pretty quick to drop. Oh, it's a 25-foot-long torpedo-shaped craft called the Deep Challenger. That's, that's, that's fast. A mile pretty and quick. a half in how many? Was it 90 minutes? No, no, minutes? seven, seven sorry, miles. Sorry, seven miles minutes. in an hour and a half. That's fast to drop. Yeah, yeah that's like four Seems or five miles an hour. Unsafe. That's That's quick to be dropped. Um, I'm impressed. That's as fast as a guy with one leg could run the Chicago Marathon, right, guys? <laughs> Another challenger. Another challenger. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's now uh, throwing the gauntlet for Cameron to challenge him. For the benefits yeah. of the people at home, you should know that Howard is currently hacking off one leg. Yep. Just yeah, exactly. Point. Doing stretches just well, to show off. Pearl's biting it but off. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I think every ten meters you go down, you increase one. One Amos. bar, one. Yeah. Yeah, you double the pressure. One time I did, uh, I, when I was a senior in college, I showed up to this house party late. Uh, at like one in the morning, and I was. This like, sounds really scientific. Go no, ahead. It is. It gets scientific. Uh, I was like, "Man, senior year is going to be the shit," you know. And then there was like a two-story beer bong, and I was like, "You know, I'll show everybody I'm here to party." So I didn't have any beer, and I just was like, "I'll do that," and I did it. And I didn't realize the pressure involved in a two-story beer bong. So I was like, "Check it out," and I did it. And it just shot straight into my stomach because it was so pressurized. And I instantly threw up back into the tube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, everyone was like, oh, did that's it, so gross. Did it become a back and forth where you could just see no, like a thermometer like, gets getting hotter and colder? <laughs> no, I just like threw up like all over the tube and then just like went and puked in the weeds. <laughs> and like everyone was like, that guy's a loser. Yeah. Right, party, party over for me, bye. Yeah. Five minutes of high impact partying. Yeah, I was just walked in. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Just going to puke everywhere now. He's like, thank you, good night. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm see you guys. Yeah. It's going to be the quickest sober to vomiting at a party yeah, ever. Oh, it was horrifying. <laughs> and you wouldn't even gotten drunk. You just threw it up instantly. I didn't get drunk yeah, at all. Yeah. Then I was just like bummed. <laughs> bummed and empty. And yeah. smelly. Yeah. <laughs> Although even then, it wouldn't even be smelly vomit. It's just pure beer. It just came right back up. Yeah, it was all time foam. Again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, by the anyway. I try to look cool, look like an asshole. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Well, do you guys know what's special about today, scientifically? Hey, are we done with this topic? I, just, I think so. Is there more you want to say I about just want to say, deep? yeah, that um, I don't find it that strange just because there's a tie-in between, like, filmmaking and sea exploration. It seems like the only way you can really get money to, to explore the sea is by, like, I'm making a movie, too. Right. You know, like right. Jacques Cousteau. He's not going to discover anything. Yeah, so this is just kind of like that in reverse, sort yeah, of. Like he's a director first, and now he's doing the deep sea stuff. It either has to be for making a movie or for military purposes. There's either going to be, this will yeah. help us kill some people. Yeah. Or it'll look cool in 3D. You know what I yeah. found out recently? The, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers, I think it was like Jim Croce. Like, <laughs> probably was Jim Croce. Yeah. Wait, or is Pat Time Croce. in the bottle. Jim uh, Croce, Croce is okay. the awesome singer who died right before he got super famous, right? right? Pat Croce is the president of the 76ers. He like turned him around. He got Allen Iverson and stuff like that. I found this out 
recently. He's the world's foremost expert on pirates. Like he, he has <laughs> two pirate museums. He's trying to find Drake's. Like Sir Francis Drake was buried in a, like a lead coffin in the Caribbean. He's like, I want to pull that up, and and then they're like, oh, also, Pat Croce, president of the Philadelphia 76ers. I was like, what the? Fuck? There wow. is some tie so, in there. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just I guess it takes a rich guy who uh, with a fascination and the uh, and the um, the resources. Go yeah, it's got to be a power thing at a certain point. The same reason like ultra rich people will spend fifty grand on an Everest trip, or Richard Branson is trying to be you know the first guy sort of in space. Right. Love uh, Richard Branson. I wish he had a rival billionaire like Nemesis. <laughs> what about Paul Allen? Each other? Oh, is that who it is? Well, I don't know. Paul Allen's got the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. What? Yeah. Who's Paul Allen? Oh, he's a guy that owns the Portland Trail Blazers and, and the he, Seattle Seahawks. He owns the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, he, like he Microsoft has that rock guy. museum here thing in Seattle, and then in the basement is the Millennium Falcon. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if Richard Branson had that, he'd make it fly, though. He'd be like, we're going to make this too. Like, and I you could have sex in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't agree with people being billionaires, but if you are yeah. going to be a billionaire, what? at least do, right. do crazy stuff with it. Like, at least be a kind of mad explorer. Yeah. 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 Uh, Richard Branson. And swashbuckle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think even more impressive than the Millennium Falcon is the, the yacht that Paul Allen owns called the Octopus. You ever seen pictures of this thing? Uh-uh. Also multiple, multiple helipads, off. multiple helicopter mm. landing pads. It's got boats within boats within boats. If you Google image search it, you'll find a picture of Exhibit going. It's like a fractal yacht. He's like, yo, dog, I heard you like boats. So we put a boat in your boat so you can float while you float. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, the SS Yacht Octopus is, uh, it's nuts. Google it and delight in the many. I think it's got multiple pools and helicopter landing pads and nice yeah. all right all right speaking of uh speaking of things lofty um today is notable because we're in the middle of one of the most active periods in the solar cycle for solar flares and there was a giant solar flare that uh, i believe it's hitting us right about now right? as we speak it's uh it's is the solar cycle is that a year it's so 11 years. 11 years, the okay. sun cycles through periods of having more activity in terms of flares and things and then having quiet periods. And these, can affect, these can affect electronics on the Earth, right? They can it have, could fuck up our recording right now. Yeah. It could just... Because the flare is hitting right now. Is that what caused 9-11? Might have been what caused 9-11. <laughs> oh, it was 11... It was, well, 11 years ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you fucking guys nailed it. it. That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. You're like, no, there's reason why I asked. <laughs> yeah, you, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates are cool. No, I like that, <laughs> I like that you just say that about everything. Like, what? Oh, Jim Croce's not Pat Croce. Maybe that's why nine eleven happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything. And like a stop clock. <laughs> yeah, he was finally right. <laughs> it stops at nine eleven twice a day. Yeah. Ooh. So you guys, uh, do you guys know what a solar flare is? Uh, I feel you know it's like there's always like energy storms going on on the stars, and I imagine that this is when you know like. Some there's you know a lot of lightning and it and it flares I don't know up about lightning exactly I don't know if it's well some sort of because lightning's sort of a plasma and the sun is all plasma pretty much so well I'll I'll tell you what Wikipedia says which is yeah, my source Phil, for everything you do yeah. you tell us actually yeah, it is plasma I mean it's a uh, it's it's a large release of energy up to six times ten to the twenty fifth joules of energy which is about a sixth of the total energy output of the sun each second. And uh, it consists of uh, electrons, protons, and heavier ions accelerated to near the speed of light. And they produce radiation across electromagnetic, electromagnetic spectrum at all wavelengths from radio waves to gamma ray, rays. Although most of the energy goes to frequencies outside of the visual range. So most of the activity is not visible to the naked eye, but it does 
interfere with all kinds of things. Electrical here also causes really intense aurora around the south oh, yeah. and north pole. Aurora Borealis. Northern Southern Lights. Well, I forget what the southern one's called, like Aurora. What's the word for south? Sorry, Australopithecus. Australopithecus. Have you ever stared We're directly? We're the worst science podcast knowledge people ever. No. It's, it's, it is, it's, Aust- right it's Australis or something. Hold on a second. It, it, it does definitely right. off. Yeah. Howard, have you ever stared directly at the sun growing up? Yes. What happened? Well, you, you get the... It becomes unbearable, then you close your eyes, and then when you close your eyes, you see black spots. Right. Do you I've, feel like sometimes when you try to look at the sun, you sneeze, like your body's trying to keep you from yeah, looking? Yeah, it is. It's the same kind of gaggish reaction. Right. All right. Yeah. Favorite planet, Howard? Um, I've always, well, Mars is a big one, but that's pretty obvious. That's a good one. <laughs> but then I always did like Saturn for those rings. Oh, I do like Saturn. I like Venus a lot growing up. In uh, sixth, like us, kind of. In sixth grade, we had to make like a little uh, pamphlet for like, come visit this planet, and everybody picked different planets, and mine was Venus, and I've never been prouder of a project. Like, I loved it. I wish I still had it. Wow, it looked like a pamphlet. If Venus was trying to get tourists, they'd put it out. Nice. I yes. said that you could do Venus boogieing, which was. Uh, no, Venus so go-karting. This wasn't science at all. This was just make-up stuff that could happen well, on the planet. kind of. A v- Venus pump. Venus tennis. What about a Venus pump where they, uh, <laughs> they, they pump out what's in Venus? What about if you want to tunnel into the planet and they call it an intravenous? Would that be a <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Do that. No, none of those well, Anyhow, so Southern Lights, it is actually Aurora Australis. I just looked it up. But yeah, Northern and Southern Lights, I've never seen them. I've always wanted to. Have you guys ever seen the Northern Lights? I've seen them in pictures and they look amazing. Never seen in person. Though. Yeah, no, I haven't either. It looks so cool. I went to Canada once after my senior year of high school with my grandparents, and I was just like, we'll see the Northern Lights. And I was devastated with the lack of. Yeah, my dad used to, uh, we used to vacation up in Canada, not that far north of the border near Michigan. And uh, I, I, I doubt anybody who stayed at this place ever saw the Northern Lights, but almost every year there'd be some morning we'd wake up. My dad was like, yep, I couldn't sleep last night, so I was out looking at the sky, and uh, yep. I saw the Northern Lights. It's like, why didn't you wake any of us up? Like, every time, it's just a one-man mm-hmm. operation. He doesn't wake anybody up, then he claims he you know saw them. I need to chime in on that one. Yeah. My dad went to the Super Bowl this year and didn't text me that he was at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's huge. That's pretty big. Yeah. I knew he was in the town. Like, he's like, we're just going to drive down there and hang out. But then they actually uh, got tickets to the game and went in. And I'm watching the whole game just thinking, like, oh, our dad's at a bar somewhere. And he's in, but he couldn't have gotten you. It wasn't like you were mad because you could have maybe gone or something. No, you just no, no. It's just like it'd be cool to watch. Yeah, and I was like, I'm rooting for the Giants. We've been Giants fans our whole life, so it's like our team is in the Super Bowl and winning it. And my dad's in his seventies. It's never gonna happen again. Right? Didn't bother mentioning it. No, it's like just going through going through someone's Facebook profile and then seeing a picture of them with a bomber. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's from when I rescued Michelle from the lion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Howard, can you can you do your brother telling you your dad was at the? Super Bowl? No, dad was at the Super Bowl, <laughs> but he didn't call you. He was too busy. He was too into the game. So maybe next year. Maybe next year. The Giants will make it back to the Super Bowl and win, and he'll be there, and he'll remember the text. Because oh, you grew up in Jersey, even though you're, yeah. you're known for maybe your Texas affiliation right. later in life. That, yeah. That's Howard's impression of his brother. you got to listen to oh, yeah. his podcast, Who Charted. Yeah, thanks. Uh, um, yeah, he's my older brother. He's abrasive. <laughs> <laughs> what does he think about your impression of him? It's weird. There's kind of a disconnect. I think that uh, 
he doesn't think he sounds that way at all. So I, I, so we, I don't know. There's a lot of disc. He like he doesn't know what Urban Outfitters is. There's a lot of like gaps. <laughs> you, like. you know what, Howard? Uh, when I was living in Iowa, I watched so many Comedy Central presents, and your bit about your brother and the sleep number bed that yeah. sticks with me. Like one of like ten bits that I remember. Oh, from that, back. That's really nice. That feels good. Yeah, it sticks with. Oh, it's so soft. Tampa pretty bed. So comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, it still retains the properties of. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of. more Ed McMahon, I was doing <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, speaking of remembering and memory, uh, there's a new study that has come out uh, published in the journals Neuroscience about not just that they're investigating, because memory is still a bit of a mystery, how memory works, and particularly um, not just how they store memory, but how, we're, how we find memories. And how how well we are, how good we are overwriting new old memories with new ones. Uh, so what they did this this study, they had a group of um of volunteers, undergraduates, who learned a picture word pair. So they flashed up a picture of something with a word, um, and they got them to learn that, and then they did a different, and then they they replaced it with a different one. So for example, in the example they give in this article, um, the word swim would appear over a picture of Al Gore. Uh, and then they replaced um, Al Gore with a picture of the Grand Canyon and showed the participants the new pair. That's interesting. The reason why they did that, they showed them either a picture of a face or an object or a scene because they activate different bits of the brain. They they affect how you look when you're remembering it. So they could use that to tell how much of the old or the new one they were remembering, whether it was a kind of, whether it was a face or whether it was an object, because you remember them differently. And they investigated how well they were if they then when they then flashed up the word at remembering what the associated image was. Wow, I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit confused too, but I have to say the the fact that you speak with a British uh, colloquialism <laughs> as a credence, right? It, it makes you sound so much smarter than us. And I felt like, oh, the reason I can't follow this is because I'm not smart enough. <laughs> I'm not British enough. Is really what you're thinking? <laughs> or yeah. yeah, but like when you were talking. If I got lost, I just thought, oh, whatever. <laughs> but the British thing makes you feel like, oh, I should know this. I can't. Yeah, the Britishness, you're like, this is my fault. But you're saying that... Uh, you're saying that different. all they found out was different parts of the brain store, no, faces, no, names. No, no, they, they, yeah, they, used, they already knew that. They used that fact for this experiment. So what they did was they flashed up the word with a picture and got them to learn that one. Okay. And then they flashed up the same word but with a different picture. And what happened? And they wanted to see whether... The participants were could remember what the new picture could was, relo- could or whether, associate a new thing. could relearn it, or, or whether they stuck on the old, or one. whether the old one would get there. Because they had a theory that one of the things that causes memory problems, particularly later in life, is older memories occupying the same brain space that can't be overwritten. Oh, um, and the reason why they used the reason why they used faces and objects and scenes is because each of them gets stored differently in the brain, so they could tell just by looking at them which of them they were remembering. So even if they did... By looking at some kind of electronic yeah, map so of what's say, active in your brain. So in that example, say that they had the picture of, um, they had the picture of Al Gore that they then replaced with the... Um, I already forgot. That yeah, Al Gore, already, no, no, I know Al Gore is swim. Yeah, yeah. and then they, rep- they replaced it with the Grand Canyon, and, Grand Canyon. and then they showed up the word swim later on, and they said... What is the thing? They have, they're meant to remember the Grand Canyon. That's the new one. But they could tell by looking at them that you're all remembering a face. A face. Oh. So you've got some of that Al Gore yeah. memory. That makes sense. There. I was remembering Al Gore from the first. It's easier. Man. Yeah, easier. Have you ever done the thing? It's like a mind game where it shows you it's a word of a color in a different yeah. color. And you have to like pick. It's really hard. It's, yeah, it's like it's the word green but purple. And it, you have to like be like. 
purple. But yeah. You have to say the color, but Not you want to say yeah. it's really word. tricky. Yeah, they'll write the word. They'll write the word red, but in in blue ink. And right. you need to yeah. be. And, and you, you have to, to say, say blue. blue. But you're reading. I, I don't enjoy tests like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like if I really had to do that for a job in like a third world country or something, I would get good at it. But right. as a test, I don't like. I wouldn't. It's like magic. I just don't even want to see it. <laughs> it's just like these countries are so impoverished. They have they have to resort to, to uh, our greatest export is the color test. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like you Not don't even the test just taking the test just it's people taking are really the test good at it. the yeah. export you don't like you don't want to see magic uh no nah, like card tricks and stuff uh if it's david blaine like i'll watch a few minutes of it on tv but otherwise i'm just okay there's a trick and i don't I know i come from is. a family of magicians i'm real hurt oh sorry about that. <laughs> what about optical illusions howard do you like it when you can see like is it an old lady facing away from us or is it a Young, young lady uh, facing her hair. or something. Yeah, that one, in the yeah. mirror. I, like I do like those, yeah. Okay. Two kissing or an hourglass. Yeah. I'm always oh. like, it's two or, people having sex. The ones at the mall in the early 90s. The Magic Eyes? Magic Eye. Yeah. Where oh, you would yeah. just zone out and it would turn into something you didn't so expect. so long to get to, to finally, like, there, were, there used to be one outside our art department at school. And every week Which we'd have Which part of uh, England are you from? I'm from North London. Okay. Which, what city? What town? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Hampstead. I grew up in Stanmore and then Northwood, which is near right, Watford. Let me, let okay, me, though, and then Crouch End. As being a rock fan, I don't know any. I don't. You know, no. I don't recognize any as of those names. As a music fan, the only place you'd know necessarily is I. I lived in Crouch End slash Muswell Hill. Muswell Hill is where the Kinks used to grow ah, up, okay. and there's an album mm. called Muswell Hillbilly Blues. Oh, okay. The I know Crouch End. I've is seen that, that by YouTube, Shepherd's man, Bush? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. Shepherd's Bush is west. I'm north. Crouch okay. End is a uh, Crouch End's got a lot of musicians in it. The Eurythmics used to live above Crouch End Broadway. Oh yeah, oh. and various musicians. Oh yeah. And, well, then there's Mile End. That's a pulp song, right? Mile End's yeah. Mile End's the other side. Mile End's east. You guys know what? Slipknot has an album called Iowa. So fuck you. <laughs> I want to know this, Matt. How far did you live from Cockfosters? Um, What's when that? I grew up? Uh, it's a, a fair distance, a... but um, <laughs> but I lived quite close tube? to it. Crouch End is pretty close to Cockfosters. It's not too far from there, and. uh I am a child, and that amuses me. Cockfosters. Yeah. Crouch, Crouch End also where Shaun of the Dead was filmed. The back streets around. Oh, really? There. When you see the opening scenes where they're walking around the abandoned streets, that's Crouch End. And the pub that they're hanging out in for a bit is that? Yeah, that that's um, that's a little that's a little bit near Archway, but it's basically yeah, it's all around there. Okay. Did you live near any rock stars growing up? Did I? Yeah. Oh, funny you should ask. I was on the water polo team with Andrew WK. Boom. Did you know that? Is that a setup? Or- <laughs> no, I didn't. But I think I know. I think I'd heard that before. Yeah. But that's great. In what high school? Andrew Wilkes' career. Yeah, he went to the alternative what? high school in my town. Oh really? But uh, Wait. they had no sports teams, so they if you went to that, it was like an elective, a tr- magnet. I don't know what you call it. You know, it's a creative yeah. school. And he went to that, but if you wanted to play sport, you'd go to whichever of the regular schools to that do that sport that you would have been in. Was so. Andrew WK uh, a good? Um- Water polo and swimmer. Uh, he was two years younger than me, so I think he was just worse by nature of age. I don't know if was he, got... he all like super into it. He was really intense. I don't remember. Did he, did he always ruin the pool with his bloody nose? He did he bring his jackass friends around? I didn't even know he played music. He was just really intense and kind of kind of quiet. Um, really scrawny. He was a tiny guy. He didn't get bigger till later on. Dude, he's playing here in L.A. tonight. Tonight? Today? Yeah. I should have cashed in a favor. Cause he, I'll still go. I know Johnny Pemberton, past guest. We were supposed to meet later. He's like, I got to go to Andrew WK, and I was oh like, my I would God, love to how did I not? Where's he playing? I don't know. I uh, who are knows? You, are you still Facebook friends? Well, the funny thing is, my, my mom. He lives. He's very. His parents are close friends with my parents, and so I get updates about what he's been up to. And then also, my mom 
grew up in a house that his parents now live in. Dude, and, oh, well. you know, this isn't the only thing. Your parents have two very notable rock legends that they went to high school with. Well, here's you the have- crazy. Okay, yes. There's, my parents were the same class as Iggy Pop. Wow. And then two years ahead of them was Bob Seger. And uh, my mom sort of dated Iggy Pop. In eighth grade, they went to a dance together, and uh, he gave her a corsage. I don't know if you call that dating or not. Oh, man. But my dad also... Is, what, what kind of a move is a corsage? <laughs> it's like a Cleveland. Uh, oh, it's a boutonniere. It's oh a, shit, he's playing right next to here uh, at the Avalon on Vine. Damn it, we should go over there. Yeah, it's only Andrew twenty-two bucks for your nice. Dude, I think you should show up in your old trunks and hat. Yeah, get the team back together. We should. We should. <laughs> no, but he. Uh, my parents. Yeah, they went. They went to high school with with those guys. My dad ran against Iggy Pop for student council president and beat him in eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but the other crazy thing is that he, Iggy, played in a band called the Iguanas. He was a drummer in a band called the Iguanas in high school. That's how he got the nickname Iggy. And uh, that band played my mom's 16th birthday party at her house. What? The, ho- the house where Andrew Wilkes Creer's parents now live. That so is Iggy has played. Intersection of bizarre? rock and life and more rock. It sounds made up. It's weird, but uh, it's, not, house, it's not interesting enough to You know to be what? It doesn't up. sound made up <laughs> just because it's boring. so specific. Oh, shit. <laughs> Andrew W.K.'s parents live in the house where you're. Where Iggy Pop played drums at your mom's Sweet Sixteen. Yes, that's nuts. That's very odd. Yeah, I'm glad I came. <laughs> you learned something. I don't yeah, know about science, that's but I love true. You know, the most stuff. specific compulsive liar I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that you could concoct that. So, well. promise to the listeners: after this, I'm going to post a picture of Jim Osterberg from their yearbook on the Probably Science Tumblr page. Probablyscience.com. You can go to that and see a picture of young Iggy Pop and the yearbook. And I'll throw in Seeger for you guys too. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's keep moving on. I'm going to blow through this because the concert started at seven. At seven <laughs> right now. Try to go. I'm going to this fucking concert tonight. <laughs> okay. um, all right. Uh, so the next topic is that there's two uh, small volcanoes in Alaska that might erupt. Uh, one of them that's been restless since last summer belched ash in a small short explosion um, last week. And the other one has just has tons of earthquakes going on around it right now. So they think pretty soon Alaska will have two um, volcanoes go off. But they shouldn't uh, really affect air traffic like the Icelandic volcanoes. How much will they affect Sarah Palin's career? Uh, I, prob- I bet not none at all, I would guess. Will you be able to see these volcanoes from Russia, you think? <laughs> well, if you can see them from Sarah Palin's house, yeah. then yes. One of them is is called Cleveland Volcano. Is it? Yeah. Why is it called that? I don't know. I'm real into this Andrew WK ticket. Not, <laughs> not looking at the article. Not even anymore. looking at the article right now. Uh, I could keep reading the article if you want to know more about it. I got to get to this theater, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this topic, we're not feeling it. Yeah, Alaskan volcanoes. Have you ever seen a volcano, Howard? Uh, no. It doesn't seem like there would be one up there. It does I mean, seem it's too cold. It's too yeah. cold for volcanoes. But uh, even in the winter now, it can it erupt? I don't yeah, think the underground yeah, knows what season it is, really, Yeah, because right? volcanoes should... aren't on, like, like, mountains that have caught fire. <laughs> the heat comes from lower. Uh, it's sure. not that the mountain just got too hot, and I'm it was like, just, I got it. Someone was smoking in the mountains, just just got a cigarette, and it just burst um, into a volcano. Well, here's I a, here's if a, I wanted to get hot, I would use the sun. And not, I don't know. I wouldn't start digging. You wouldn't look for magma beneath <laughs> yeah. the surface. Magma's so. beneath, lava's above. What's your mnemonic device to remember that? Uh, I just am not an idiot, and I remember <laughs> two <laughs> things. Lava's the stuff you'll see. Magma's not. Liquid hot magma. By the way, people have been... T- look at that. 
have a sum up. There's, a, there's a beer company in Canada oh that's stealing that. God. What's going on? Let me see. I have this summer, have a summer thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. People have been tweeting me about that, but I thought they were just saying it was like summer or ER, and I was like, who cares? Well, there's no H at the end. So Howard's passing around an image of a beer campaign from, I guess, Canada, you said? Yeah. Brava? Brava beer. beer. And it says, uh, have a summer. I know. What does it say? The taste of summer. The taste of summer. S-U-M-M-A. Blatantly stolen. There's no Howard's... Catchphrases, if you will, is, is that, that trademark? Would you call it? Would you call it a catchphrase of yours? Yes. Okay. I it's didn't a, know if you'd be like, it's not a catchphrase. Oh no, it's it's not a catchphrase. It's not a catchphrase. Just to say, it's a it's a, <laughs> a tidbit. Um, no. Uh, yeah, this is bad. I gotta I gotta look into this. I mean, Sorry, is it bad I, or does it mean that it's it's caught fire? Like it's really it's a thing that is part of the public consciousness. It's now. good, but I just would never want to be in the completely. Incorrect position of them saying I couldn't say have a summer because they do this oh. because mine was first. Uh, that's true. I there was this beer company when I was in Iowa in college that on the cans it just said it was called Beer Thirty. That's what the fuck that was the beer well, it was called Beer Thirty and it right. was just a picture of uh, just a, a clock that said beer. beer 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 and it was all beer and then it was at a, like a Beer Thirty time and I was like who okayed this like how was, who was like I think that's going to take off. Because it's too much of a thing that already exists. It was as a also saying, a purple because... can. Like it just felt like it was a joke beer, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was cheap as shit. So I had a, f- I w- I'd drink them, but I'd feel real. I, I would have, I would have bought that because my thing. I, I lived in Portland for a while, which is a land of craft beers. I appreciate good beer, but if I'm not going to go really good beer, I'll go the cheapest possible. Like in between, there's no point in, in between. I'm not going to go bud. I'm going to go for the Caguama, which I think is from El Salvador. Yeah. And they have it at Ralph's, and it comes out to like 15 bucks a 30-pack. It's <laughs> got a Bush Light. You can get Bush Light way lower than that. No, oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, get, you can. Uh, yeah the, the, is that the one that comes in the skinny can? It almost looks like it's no, a Red Bull. Bush Bush Light. That's like Keystone maybe is what you're talking about. Mm. They had In Iowa, they would have t- 30 stones for 10 bones was the same. <laughs> a 30-pack 30, a 30 for $10. Like it got nuts there. That's impressive. What yeah. am I thinking of? The skinny can. Uh, I don't know. It's it's Michelob not one. Ultra. Yeah, that's I think it is Michelob. Yeah, uh, Michelob. That's that's decent beer. You know, speaking of beer, not at all. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a uh, intervention <laughs> for you about segways. <laughs> Come over, Andy. We're having a party. You got to stop segwaying, dude. <laughs> we got to get on track. We're 45 minutes in. We haven't even got through four topics yet all right let's get on to it uh so this is my favorite topic of the day just because uh, the images are so amazing um there's this species of insect that's that's giant about oh, s- about six inches long God. these are like the size of your palm these stick stick bugs and they were thought to be extinct um but they've been living on this isolated island that's just basically a uh, a sheer mountain, like a volcanic formation, that rises up out of the sea. It's the, it's it looks the place to be, where they found King Kong, right? It looks like uh, it looks like Skull Island. Yeah, it's it's taller than it is wide. Um, there's almost no vegetation on it whatsoever. It's called Ball's Pyramid, and uh, <laughs> hey, and uh, this um, this species was thought to have gone extinct because it lived on a nearby island called Lord Howe Island, and uh, back in about 1920, this species of rat was brought onto that island that instantly wiped out all this insect. So they assumed the insect was completely extinct. But there were there were rumors that, that this insect suddenly kept kept alive somehow on this nearby island that, as I said, is just a giant rock jutting up out of the ocean. 
And uh, the problem is it's nocturnal, and to get onto the island at all, you have to be climbing up this sheer rock face. So you'd have to go at night and do a climb. Where does that thing hopes. hide during the day? I mean, there's nowhere from these pictures. Well, that's the crazy thing. Um, okay, at 225 feet above sea level, hanging on the rock surface, there's a small, spindly little bush. And under that bush, a few years ago, two climbers working in the dark found something totally improbable hiding in the soil. And that is one of these insects. And uh, the, the, they originally called... <laughs> Matt Kirshen. Matt, Matt Kirshen was, was like there. hiding. <laughs> oh, we found a Brit. This is some Peter Jackson style stuff. Yeah, these oh, islands. So these... kind of you to join me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for you. You took your time, gentlemen. Uh, it sits off off the coast of Australia. Uh, yeah, it's the the island itself is only eighteen hundred feet high. Or eighteen? Wait, it's very narrow and eighteen hundred feet high. So it's yeah, it's taller than it is wide. And uh, this insect, which used to be known as a tree lobster, does in fact exist. So they they debated for years because this this is like two thousand three when they first uh, discovered. This thing had been hiding out for 80 years, and they only found four of them. They thought those might be like the four last insects of that species in the world. So there was a lot of debate about what they should do, if they should leave them there, if they should try to bring some back. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. They found 24 in all. And they decided that they'll take four of them off and take two couples and try to repopulate the insect. And the first pair didn't succeed. They died without having offspring. But the second pair um, managed to flourish because some guy – came up with some kind of elixir of nectar and calcium that kept like was about to die and he made up this elixir and saved the bug and it went on to have eggs which had eggs which had eggs so now this thing is thriving in captivity um let's see there are about 11,376 incubating eggs and about 700 adults in captive population and uh so now the debate seems is to look like just sort of a cross between a stick insect and a massive beetle right a they're big... giant yeah they're the size yeah, of your palm they're, they're... big and why can't they they can't breed the pandas, but they get 11,000 of these. I guess insects are... I guess if pandas laid egg sacs that had 1,000 pandas in them, it might be easier to and keep they, the pandas. Yeah, they need <laughs> a, yeah. the most adorable egg sacs ever. <laughs> yeah, I'd eat those. <laughs> I, I, they, need be, to, they need an elixir for the pandas. They need they, to get them worked up. They need some like just some sake and uh, ground-up bamboo or something. Yeah. What, what would they ask for if the pandas could talk, Brooks? How would they ask for I'm totally looking up Andrew WK tickets right now. I, <laughs> I wanted to hear racist Japanese uh, accent. Okay, hold on. Do. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh. Pandas uh, who lay sacks of eggs? Forget it. What would it's WK funny. be on the elemental chart? Yeah. Oh, I mean, he would be Andrunomium. Okay. Oh, I thought you were saying what, what I was. Okay. Oh, yeah. you were saying like what number? I know half. Oh, what would WK be? What element? The last Andronomia. Andronomia. No, no, it'd be something in potassium. I don't know what the W would be, but uh, oh, oh, there's no not w. that much. I didn't there's, know. There's no w. Okay, hold on. Let me. I just thought it'd be like Wakanium or something. Oh, okay. oh to say uh, panda bear. Uh, <laughs> in, uh, you know, it's too little, too uh, late, Brooks. Oh, <laughs> you should just yeah. go to the show. <laughs> Anyhow, the, the cool thing about these insects is, yeah, they're thriving now in captivity, but now they want to decide if they should bring them back onto that island that they were killed off Oh, you of take us insect back to island. 80 there years go, ago. Because the rats have died out, I guess, or at least they can keep them in check on that island. Um, so, yeah, they're trying to decide if they can bring them back to the island people do live on, that Lord Howe Island. But now they have this PR problem because they have to convince the residents hey, these things are endangered and they're really special. They used to live here. Oh, so, so there are residents on this island still. The, other, the, the nearby island, not the one right. that juts up out of the ocean. But, but the so they've got to go to those islands and go, hey, can we, uh, you know where you live? Yeah. Uh, can we bring some monsters 
Yeah. Like just put exactly. yeah. music to your Have you seen Men in Black? <laughs> <laughs> but they've done a PR campaign. You can find this video where they have one of them hatching out of its thing, but they have like acoustic guitar playing in the background to make it seem beautiful. Oh, trying to soft, <laughs> soften them up. Yeah. Trying to pretend they're not throwing out like exactly. creepy crawly the size of rats. Where you live, there used to be these ugly monsters, <laughs> and they luckily got eaten, and they're not there anymore. But we're gonna br- it's like saying you're going to bring dragons back. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a huge mistake the I know other dragons day. didn't exist. Go ahead. I hate, I hate snakes. We've covered that. I don't know why. I looked up poisonous snakes biting people on YouTube and watched it for like an hour. Just <laughs> people getting bit by poisonous snakes. And I'm just like, I hate these snakes so much. But I just kept watching. It was, all, it was so many like cobra handlers. I... That are uh, like the other ones, I, and I, I enjoy watching these ones. There's a few clips of um, evangelical Christian. There's like a few th- very specific groups of people who are snake handlers. You oh, see right. these guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the there's one bit. Yeah, yeah, there's one bit. I can't remember where it is in the Bible, but it says, and you, sh- you should take up serpents. Or something. And so, they, yeah, they, they handle rattlesnakes and they drink like strychnine. Yeah, they talk, well, speak in tongues. But yeah, I mean, speaking in tongues is quite commonplace across the the but I mean they do that but, while while they're playing with the snakes. Yeah, yeah. they're holding yeah, Jesus will protect us and they quite regularly get bitten. Like they quite... Oh yeah. Well, snakes probably don't like jerking motions and tongues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like... also if you're going to have a church in a really rural bad area, you've got to have some kind of draw and the guys who play with snakes <laughs> like they're the they're the guys who I get I don't know the what should we do, daddy? Well, we could go watch them snake player withers. Yeah. All right. I think I, I would. Yeah, I would go to church if there were snakes. I, think. I wouldn't go to that church. <laughs> Howard, what's your I'd least go to favorite, like from a distance? Le- yeah, yeah. Least favorite animal, Howard. If you could do, just get rid of one animal. I know you're vegetarian. Or uh, like uh, oh, spiders, snails whatever. and worms. Yeah, those kind of things. Oh, okay, snails. Snails are what like, they do to you. Just if you all of a sudden see a snail. It's very disconcerting. Like all this, it's just like it looks like anything that could be on the ground, but then it has a weird way of moving, uh, and you go, mm-hmm. "That's not just a worm." It's it's not as easy to dismiss as a worm. Okay, because snails get taken to be quite cute because they got a little thing on their little house. Yeah. It's like squirrels get considered to be cute because they've got the bushy tail, but they're basically rodents. They're, they're, right. They're they look really similar to rats if you get rid of it's true. the yeah. bushy tail bit. I just envision that squirrels use that tail as a pillow. And I'm good with them. <laughs> that makes them cute. Yeah, they cuddle with their tails at night. That's cute. Um, yeah. I tell you what, I'd get rid of. Uh, what would you get rid of? Animal from from the world of nature, uh, and that's sexually transmitted diseases. But that, that might be, be harder uh, in the future. How's that for a segue, Andy? That's much better than mine. Uh, <laughs> you win today's round. Because a, a recent paper in the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, which was called, and how's this for a title? The emerging threat of untreatable gonococcal infection. Suggests that gonorrhea uh, could be about to join uh, the superbugs, the elite circle, according to the Slate article, of nightmarish infections like MRSA, uh, XDR, tuberculosis, and M- NDM1. Um, I, I all... thought you were going to say MDMA. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's resistant to antibiotics. But um, yeah, all the, these in fact, these various diseases are becoming resistant to antibiotics, and gonorrhea could be the next one to join them. There's already um, in Japan of all places. So get ready, Brooks. Uh, already in in, uh, in Japan, the first breed of um, of a strain of gonorrhea that is resistant to the um, cephalosporin class of antibiotics uh, has emerged. Oh and this no! Is, you say curable? Ah, I can't do it, guys. I don't like it, man. Yeah, Howard's here. He's got the fun brother right. one. It just oh. feels terrible. This is it's quite a serious thing. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> antibiotic resistance because 
antibiotics are one of the one of the hugest um, leaps in medicine of the last hundred, hundred and fifty years or so. It's it's made so much of a what difference. Was it like nineteen twenty? Was like when it when Marie Curie really did that? Thing. It was uh, Fleming. <laughs> I thought it was Marie Curie. No, that was a. Uh, it was radium and stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that was radioactivity, was radiation. But um, I thought it was Cherry Curry <laughs> from the Runaways. Cherry Cola. I thought it was Adam Curry from MTV. In the oh 80s, yeah, but that was it, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was yeah. Adam Hunter <laughs> or Alan Hunter from MTV. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Fleming and his team and various others. But penicillin only really, only really became widespread around the Second World War kind of time. Um, okay. But if these, if these diseases increase continually like, increase in resistance to every antibiotic we find we're sort of back to the shitty pre-antibiotic ages right. like you're suddenly in this position where a fairly simple infection can kill you or or leave you severely damaged is this because people didn't do their full cycle of antibiotics um, like that's sometimes something just, they say you need to do and right? just behaviors that increase the spread of it there's various things that cause it so in this case like doggy style yeah exactly or you yeah, know obviously yeah, yeah. Obviously, you can't catch anything or get pregnant if you do it standing up or underwater. Right. But the people who don't do that are... <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah. They're, they're risking this. There's, um, uh, there's also... I remember reading about, um, the, particularly in America, the livestock industry. The, like the, uh, another good reason for you to be vegetarian. Evil. Evil industry. You they, guys, stop your addiction to they meat. Pump them full of, <laughs> they pump them full of antibiotics, the, these animals, because they realize it's cheaper... And easier right. to just fill them full of these drugs than, than teaching than it, them than teaching them abstinence or yeah exactly yeah, or, or yeah. to wait until you know it's much easier rather than waiting for a cow to get ill and go oh that cow's ill shit we better give it the antibiotics they just pump all of them full of the stuff yeah but that does mean that all of them are these giant petri dishes these giant like every all of these farms are just one massive potential cultivating bugs that are resistant to these antibiotics right right um, that's bad news for me. My my grandparents I, uh, and over, over over use of it over prescription as well, just prescribing antibiotics for non bacterial diseases, just because it makes patients feel better. Oh right. right. Yeah. What were you going to say, Howard? Well, I don't eat meat, but I fuck it, so that whole thing is bad news for me. <laughs> I was, oh man. Now what I'm going to say is boring. Uh, my grandparents <laughs> lived on a farm. They still do live on a farm. And I, on my birthday, when I was visiting one time, a, a cow had a baby, and my grandma was like, "You can name the calf," and I was like, "I want to name it B.J. Armstrong," and uh, <laughs> she was like, "No," and I was like. His name's B.J. Armstrong. And she goes, you'll name it Brooks or nothing. Like, it, it, she told yeah, have your name? Yeah, she changed it. She changed it. She's like, go ahead and name it. B.J. Armstrong. No, it's Brooks. She's saying that because she knew she was going to kill it. Yeah, she I mean, wanted uh, to have your name. Uh, wow. Uh, oh, that's harsh. That's some reverse. Or, so she, you know, so if there was something that wanted to kill a Brooks, the cow will get it rather than her beloved grandson. No, there you go. That's mm, sweet. Yeah. That's what I should have said. No, it was <laughs> it was crazy. Why wouldn't she just tell? I was like eight. Why can't you just be like, okay, his name's B.J. Armstrong, and then when I leave, be like, its fucking name is not B.J. Armstrong, guy. Right? Like, how can you? Not, I don't live there. It's seven hours away. Just humor and, me. And guys. also, the next time you visit, the thing will be dead. Yeah, exactly. How's B.J. She... Armstrong doing? Well, how's your food? Yeah, exactly. You're She's worried the cow's going to start answering to the wrong name. <laughs> What's the problem? Did you ever have to watch an animal be killed over there? No, I got to see animals uh, be born, right? Which is which oh, is much cooler, much better. Yeah. What kind of what's the biggest animal you saw birthed? That cow. I saw. Did somebody saw, have to reach up in there with I the arm BJ Armstrong. No, what happened was the cow was coming out. They tie rope around its legs and then they pull it out like the calf. They attached like the bumper of a truck. 
I think it was just like my grandpa and like my uncles just like oh, pulled okay. it out. Well, because it must, in, you know, they, it they, must be able to happen. They drag it down right. the city streets. <laughs> that sounds insane. Yeah. Just make an example of it. Yeah, <laughs> we just want this thing to have the shortest, worst life it could possibly have. We'll yank it out of the womb with a pickup truck with the ropes, and then just keep going. Don't even stop driving. Yeah. <laughs> We only BJ Armstrong. <laughs> it's not called BJ. <laughs> That's Brooks. It's being drugged. Yeah. <laughs> only stop in time to just turn around and drive it past its mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was in you a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Good job, mama. <laughs> but we are, even though we laugh, that is the meat industry in a nutshell. Okay, keep going, guys. <laughs> well, they they live on a small farm, so like. It's like a dairy farm where they probably just had like 60 cows compared to like those giant uh, – and those cows, they live like in a valley. I mean like if you're a cow, it's way to go, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. You want to move on to our historical I think we should. I think we should go to our historical science story. Okay. Well, uh, today's historical science story um, – before we get to it, Howard, what's your favorite histor- historical like period? <laughs> oh, uh, really like pirates. I do really like the pirates. Yeah, oh, I feel like I answered for you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's probably the pirates. I just I'm fascinated by a time when uh, the they didn't know what was under the water. And they still sailed it anyway. Oh. And so you really could – you weren't even really being an idiot if you thought there's something under there right. big enough to eat this whole ship in one bite. You, you should have been here last well, week. Until James Cameron was around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Magellan last week and about how when you would go – like the explorers, when they first went around the world, they thought if you go far enough south, the poles will demagnetize and it will pull all the nails out of your ship and your ship will sink. Ah. Like, and that was like logically – they're like, science, science makes sense there like – what? Right. And That's they, what the insane clown posse believes too. That's, the ICP. Yeah. I heard that for 420, they're performing at a homeless shelter, insane clown posse, and like my first thought was those poor homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> they're just there Do for food, that? and they're like shelter. Yo, what up? <laughs> I tried to watch uh, just the trailer from their western movie. Have you seen that? What? Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. It's big time rustlers. It's called, <laughs> and it's them just you know in a western set. Looks like oh. an old spaghetti western, but their faces are still painted. <laughs> And uh, it sounded like it would be great, but I got—I only got through a couple minutes. Dude, there's this amazing, like, 17-minute short on Vimeo called The American Juggalo, and it's just this short little doc where they went to the, uh, the, gathering. the gathering of the Juggalos, and they just interview all these fucking people, and they're the most interesting, horrible people. Yeah. They're just doing whippets the whole time. One guy's just sitting on a chair in a field. He goes, only way to get that vomit off me was get out of the fuck raid. <laughs> that's how he starts off and he's like I'll fuck a good person man I fucking cook eggs like that's <laughs> that's always like that's what his logic is and why he's a good person he's I like, kind of want to go to the gathering though like I really I, I feel like I, that would be more fun for me than, than Burning Man just as, as mm-hmm. a thing oh. to experience every not because I like have, the music every so often they book comedians <laughs> There's a well, yeah, dude, Brian Posehn was talking about uh, last night on his show how he went to it he's like purely for the paycheck like, Hannibal, <laughs> Hannibal Burst yeah Hannibal did it too yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Tom Green's done it as well. But. He was saying that he did Hannibal, and then like two days later, he did um, Glass, uh, Glasgow. Okay. What's the, the Fridge Fest? Oh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. Uh, That's a pretty, pretty big leap. 
different, different ends of the spectrum. Um, oh, I gotta talk to somebody. About I forget who it was that went there. I don't. I think I know who it is, but if I get it wrong, I don't want to. Jimmy JJ Walker? No, I don't know. But they went <laughs> to the gathering of the Juggalos, and right in the, nobody laughed at all. And right in the middle of his set, people just started chanting "Family." Family, <laughs> right in the middle of a set. That's so creepy. So creepy. All right, let's get on to the historical part here. Um, we're just going to talk about the uh, beginning of anesthesia because before there was anesthesia around, and, uh, you would uh, you would just have to be held down if they amputated yeah, your leg. One of the or other, anything. one or, of the other great advances in uh, medicine, like antibiotics and antiseptics. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, the it, three things that made medicine basically possible. It's pretty important. Before that. Um, to dull surgical pain, they would stupefy the patient with a kind of hypnosis known as memorism. Like they would just try to hypnotize you to be like, was that is, mes- it is that mesmerism or is that memorism? Mesmerism. <laughs> Man, just for the sake of mesmerism. I, I don't know. I, when, you know what's weird? When I was little, I would get so excited when it would get my turn to read in front of the class. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to fucking nail this. And now that I'm doing it, and I'm 25. I'm like, I was probably terrible as a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have established that you were definitely surrounded by too much positive reinforcement. That's definitely <laughs> true. Or maybe just stupid people. Like all of my classmates were stupid. Oh, I just set the bar so low for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, last thing here. I was supposed to go to Catholic school. My mom thought I was mentally retarded, <laughs> and so she didn't. She sent me to public school so that way I could have more care. Like when I was in kindergarten. She oh, you I got like M and M's mom. <laughs> I don't, well, like I didn't. I just didn't. <laughs> She's making stuff up. Yeah. Well, she didn't think I was mentally retarded. She just thought I was slow. I didn't talk for like the first eight years of my life. That's what the word oh. means. <laughs> That's what it means. The definition of the word is I slow. I well, guess. anyway, let's get. You didn't on talk this. at all for the first eight years. I didn't talk, man. I just didn't talk. I don't know. I was just like, like, <laughs> wasn't interested in talking. You save it up. Did they know that you could talk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I would say stuff, but it was all really meek and, I guess, like, really sheepish. Like, Okay, so I was wasn't, you said nothing for the first eight years. I, see, I was picturing no, you I'd as, say. like, Ryan Gosling in Drive your whole childhood. I just thought you were super cool. Like, you just had a toothpick and some fingerless no, gloves. No, it was more like I would just do times. more like Tommy. Yeah. yeah. I would do times tables, like, under my bed. <laughs> it was real embarrassing. Tommy reference goes without no. I, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I get it now. Pinball wizard. No, yeah. I was, there was no. There was wizardry. But <laughs> not a fun kind. <laughs> Okay, back to anesthesia. Um, so here's here's what it, the eureka moment, as it says here, was what, uh, was left to Wells's. Oh, well, this is an earlier person in the story, uh, Wells, <laughs> who kind of discovered some anesthesia stuff in 1844. But his his associate his associate uh, William Morton in 1846, while working with Ether, uh, he seized the opportunity to work on a patient with an infected tooth. He etherized the man, extracted his bicuspid, and when the patient uh, awoke a few minutes later, he announced to the patient's astonishment that the procedure was done. So uh, he just used ether, which they were using as like a type of laughing gas. And then what they realized is one time when this guy was, they gave him this ether laughing gas, he like hurt his leg real bad and did not realize it at all. Like he like fell and Mm. fucked up his leg and just did not know it. And all these dentists were like... Wait a second. Maybe we just don't have to rip teeth out anymore. Because yeah, surgery used to be a very uns—it was like an unskilled job. It was yeah. like it was barbers, but the barber yeah. surgeon he used to be like, <sighs> "I'll cut your hair and also do amputations." Oh god, it's awful. Because he had the tools. Yeah, it was just you know just sharpeners thought, yeah. and blades, and it was, it was just like body carpentry essentially. Yeah, and, yeah. Bo- and in both cases they were fairly, they were pretty unskilled job. It wasn't yeah. sort of 
And when you think about how recent this was, too. I mean, 1846. We, yeah, like this is, we're still, I mean, we're like, there could be somebody who lived through that who was alive Dude. 50 years ago. Um, <laughs> no, like in, in the Civil War, they didn't oh. have... They didn't use anesthesia. You just bit on stuff and took yeah, and drink whiskey. down on a strap of leather. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've ne- I felt so pathetic today. I had to go get like copies made of my headshot at a, at like a copy works right next to me. A like 90 year old World War II vet is getting what? copies made of his World War II pictures. What? And I, <laughs> like I was like, God, I'm, I'm good pathetic. for an acting job. Like I'm so <laughs> pathetic. And he was like, you are so pathetic. Like we both agreed. <laughs> felt like a real ass. But he was but, getting them done for a commercial audition. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like, this was my, f-. like it was this re- copy works lady who couldn't give a fuck. And he was just like, that was my father. And that was me. And she's like, how many do you want? Like, no. <laughs> right. Stop jawing at oh, me, yeah. old man. <laughs> and I, I was like, that's really neat. And then he like saw what I was holding. And he was like, don't talk to me, faggot. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and then yeah, actually. They were homophobic back in those days. They were, oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Greatest uh, generation, my foot. Huh? Grand Torino. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. they The first main uh, anesthesia that they used was they uh, anesthetized, anesthetized? Is that how you say anesthetized. it? Anesthetized. Anesthetized. Well, if you want to say uh, British way. A patient undergoing a surgery on a neck tumor, and after the procedure, the initial skeptical surgeon turned to the audience and announced, gentlemen, this is no humbug. That's what he said. Like, that's how <laughs> anesthesia that was. He just goes, this is no humbug. I think, me- I think modern medicine is really missing something by not having... The sort of the theater with loads of people in frock oh, coats surrounding right. it. Oh. Gentlemen, I'm about to engage in a procedure. Here's a, here's a that British... will confound the very founders of science. It's like a bad show. Yeah, it is. Here's a British fact for you. Uh, hey, by the way, humbug means bullshit, right? I think it's, it's like bunk, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. Brit- so if it, if it was discovered now, the guy just would be like, this is no bullshit, bro. Or he just got like, no homo. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> That'd be so great. Doctors should use that whenever they discover something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. At, they, See, no homo, dude. I gotta check your prostate. No homo. <laughs> uh, here, Queen Victoria of England used chloroform to deliver her eighth and ninth children in 1853 and 1857. Nice. Yeah, she. Mm-hmm. You think by her eighth and ninth kid, you can be like, that's ah, no big deal. Yeah, you thought about it. Yeah, by around that period, they'd just be dropping out, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> by then, you call Pink Dot, huh? Bring me a kid over here. What's oh, pink dot? It's a delivery service here in the Los Angeles area. <laughs> and in the 1840s in England also. Yeah. Pink dot, I want a baby. Wasn't that what he called the Magnolia? Who? Didn't they call it pink dot? Didn't they call, didn't uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman call pink dot in Magnolia when he's trying to track down uh, Tom Cruise's character? I, I don't know what pink dot is at all. It's a delivery. It's a grocery delivery service. And oh, yeah, okay. like they'll bring you anything you want from like a lot of different stores. Wow. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, there was one. St- oh, there was a store in Sunset. Isn't there a store at like Sunset in Los Angeles? I Indiana? think there's a store there, but I thought that they go elsewhere. They can also outsource where they. Go. That's what I thought when I moved here. That's what they said. Pink dot. Like you want something from. Wolfgang Pucks is called Pink Dot. Wow. So it's like but I could be completely. It's wrong. like in Texas where they say, "What do you what do you want, uh, what do you want to drink? A Coke. What, what kind?" And yeah, it could yeah, be like right root beer. 
Yeah. No, it's wait. So pink, you, pink Dot will take non-delivery restaurants and make them deliver? I'm telling you that I'm wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, there should be something like that. But then I know what you're talking about, too. I'm into that. Yeah. I was like, if it's 50 extra dollars, I'll do it. Like right. I would be like, yeah. yeah, I would love to have Red Lobster delivered to me. That sounds like Pink like, Dot. They got the new cupcake vending machine down on, uh, in Beverly Hills. I heard about it. Making the rounds, making the news. That sounds good. So, so Howard... Anesthesia. Have you yeah. ever had your? You ever had any teeth pulled? You ever had? What, what are your experience with anesthesia? I got surgery. What have you had? Done? Yeah, I had. Um, I've had the teeth done, and in Texas, when I lived there, it was the last time I had some major dental work done. And the guy shot me full of the stuff, and I said I could still feel everything you're doing. And then he gave me a full another shot, Oof. and I said I could still feel everything you're doing. And he goes, I've given you enough of this stuff to like knock out a horse, and I've. We started talking. I figured out what the problem was. I was working out a lot then. So I was like, had blood going through me. And I think it was like processing the stuff fast. Metabolism was too fast. Metabolism was fast. And I had a Walkman. This was before iPods. (laughs) I had a Walkman with like a public enemy type of mix on there. (laughs) So I was just listening to the most aggro music and I'm jacked up from working out. And so he's shooting me up and nothing's happening. That wow. is crazy. Do you yeah. know? Uh, were you on PCP also? Was that yeah, part I was of on it? PCP and meth, and I just ate three babies. Oh shit! <laughs> were they Queen Victorias, eighth and ninth, and tenth? Uh, Boom! Here we go. I, I read uh, Anthony Kiedis' scar tissue book. That oh, I read that. It's getting great. yeah, it's really good. Uh, he got some anesthesia at a dentist, and that got him back on heroin in like ninety. Oh. Yeah, the opiates. Yeah, yeah. He was like, Ugh, I remember what this feels like. I'm going to go hole up for nine days, and Dave Navarro is going to have to kick my door in. Oh. Right. And their their last album's going to put him back on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Whatever it seems like, their album's not a major hit. You just think, to- oh, in three years, I'll hear about how he was staying at the Viking Hotel and <laughs> jamming spikes in his arm. But then he'll come back on top. Yeah. They'll have Brooks, to make a record can, can in Fleas fleas basement. Can you pull up that left sleeve a little bit for Howard? Have you just, seen this tattoo, Howard? Oh, you got the paps oh, on there, God, right? We talked about worse. this last episode. I just want Howard to see it. Oh, I'm real embarrassed by this. I can make you feel better, but let me see it. I love you. You have it. Oh, man, it's the worst. It's <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Kiedis' Oh, that's the Kiedis tat. <laughs> <laughs> Who let you make that decision? I made it when I was 17. Oh, 17. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what happens if you're, you're allowed to do that. I had to go across the river into Illinois to get it done. What? Uh, it's not so bad. <laughs> it's not so bad. It's horrible. You cross, cross state lines for it? I cross state lines <laughs> for this bad boy. Um, I got a good joke out of it. It's okay, guys. I feel like it's a little bit. You know okay. that Elizabeth Canales that was going out with Clooney? She had one of those arm bicep tats. And if that's good enough for him, he could get any woman in the world. I just feel better now. That's a good point. Day yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah, stop you could, her. You, could. you know what's the most embarrassing? It doesn't go all the way around. And that, like, I was still in high school when I got it. I got made fun of so much from my friends who were like, what are you, pussy? I had to immediately go get a star <laughs> ah. on the inside of my right bicep to be like, I wasn't a pussy, guys. It wasn't I'm not scared pain. of a tattoo on this bit of my arm. Oh, man. Just Jeez. horrible mistakes. <laughs> Why didn't you get Slipknot on there? Dude, I got a Cottonmouth Kings-based tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> They're not from Iowa, are they? No, but I don't know, man. You like your weed. 
No, I don't know. It's just so horrible. <laughs> I, I will <laughs> say, I make fun of these kind of things because I've, I've dodged that bullet so far, but I was close to getting a tongue ring at some point. Oh. <laughs> I wish I got a tongue, tongue ring. ring. to me is worse than that. Oh, yeah, it's oh, pretty yeah. dumb. But then again, I always but thought But then you can like, get rid of that. In it, so you can't get rid of it. Up, but know. while you have it, you're saying, yeah. I'm dirtier than the guy with the tongue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a thing that has my spit on it all day, and then I yeah. make you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I understand, you always crack your teeth trying to talk with the thing in. Like yeah. it's always gonna mess up. And you spent the first beat. two days after getting it talking like this. Well. Right. Yeah. It was yeah, looking pretty sexy, lady. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Any, any ladies caught me? It's was... so attractive in every way. Unattractive. We, we can close up with this. I was doing. I did that joke last night. Talking about my tattoos with Mike Burns, and he was saying we should get tattoos when we're in Bridgetown. So let's do oh, it, guys. Oh no! Again, no. Bridgetown. Yeah. Oh, God. Just get no. <laughs> <laughs> All on our sternums. <laughs> I like the idea of pinning yourself to a technology that might not yeah. exist in a couple yeah. of years, though. Guys, check out my GeoCities tattoo. Yeah, I've got this great Orcut tattoo because I lived in India in 2005. I will yeah. get a tongue ring of your podcast. You will? Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Exactly? Uh, go to our online store. We'll be setting our probably science tongue rings as of now. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Somebody make those up. Um, they're just going to be a picture of Iggy Pop's yearbook shot attached to a ball great. bearing. That's all. We, what was his should, name? Osterberg? Jim Osterberg. Jim. Jim Osterberg. We should say, as we always uh, do, um, do go on our Twitter and our Tumblr and email probablyscience at gmail.com. Firstly, to chat to us, but also if you've got any corrections or any stories you think we should cover. And if um, you're crazy and you're a conspiracy theorist, please email us. We we love to get. <laughs> that's emails. actually we get those emails from we crazy do. conspiracy theorists. We get we get and we, they're awesome. We get genuine scientists emailing in, and right. we also get crazy ones, and it's fun. Both are fun. Um, so send send those in. Anything you have to plug, Howard? Anything oh, coming uh, up? Listen to Who Charted. It comes out every Wednesday. Who Charted podcast? We count down music and movies with the fun. One of my favorite podcasts. Thank very you very funny. much. And and that's on. Um, Earwolf.com or on iTunes, and I'll be at Bridgetown doing a live Who Charted. Live Who Charted. Yeah, excellent. Go. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You go to BridgetownComedy.com to see that. That's in Portland in April, and it's yeah, a great Portland festival. People, there's loads of good people there. 230 comedians. Um, yeah. If you Whoa, are a really? Grand Rapids, Michigan resident or live nearby, I'm going to be at the Laugh Fest there this coming weekend, and then the week after that, um, Denver Comedy Works. So... Colorado people come and see me in Denver. Very nice. Oh, Sounds and that really reminds fun. me, real quick, uh, we talked about census, de- census designated places. I'm going to be in one. I'm going to be in Laughlin, Nevada at the Edgewater on March 24th and 25th. So come on out, Laughlinites. Guys, That's going to be fun. I'm going to be at <laughs> They got a roller coaster there, Ooh. I think. Do they? Really? I don't know. I'm going to be at the Andrew <laughs> WK concert in 20 minutes. Nice. So go and see Brooks there. there. And thanks a lot for listening. Yep. Right. Talk to you soon. That's not what you say at the end of a podcast. Have a good night. That's not it either. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right. Drive safe. <laughs> See you.